Man, well, thank you so much. Thank you, praise team, and thank you for taking part in our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, uh, I'd like for you to turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18, and then 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 54. We want to look at the rapture of the church, and I appreciate Terry, you and Kyle singing that song. Something for us to think about. Sure don't want to miss that trip when the Lord comes back for His church. Last week I shared a message entitled, God's Plan in Biblical or Bible Prophecy. I spoke first about what is prophecy, what is Bible prophecy. Prophecy is a major theme of the Bible. Prophecy helps us to interpret and to apply the Bible. Prophecy motivates us toward godly living. And then we had a preview of God's plan, the church age. The church age began at Pentecost. We're still in the church age. This age will end uh, at the rapture when Christ comes back for his church. And so the Pentecost to the present age, church age, will end with the rapture. And then we spoke just briefly about the rapture. We looked at the signs of the second coming in Matthew chapter 24, and we looked at those signs, and before the second coming, the church will be called up or raptured prior to that second coming. And so we came to this conclusion that with all the birth pains that are leading up to the second coming that we see every day, we feel that we're living in the last of the last days prior to the end time. We're on the edge of the last days. We're waiting for the rapture of the church. Waiting for the rapture of the church. So God's plan in biblical prophecy, part one. Today we want to look at God's plan in biblical prophecy, part two, as we look at the rapture of the church. Now you're going to have to listen real quick because I'm going to have to talk real fast. Then you probably still won't get out at 12 o'clock. But anyway, we're going to shoot for it because this is very important. You don't want to miss a word of it. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verse 15. Dropping right in with verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means prevail Precede those who are asleep. For in verse 16, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, if you would, turn to 1 Corinthians, and we'll look at chapter 15. We're going back and forth to these. Uh, So keep your finger on 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. Now this I say, this is Paul speaking direct under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now this I'll say, brother, that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit the kingdom. Now if you're going to go to heaven, something's got to happen to your flesh and blood. Flesh and blood can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be changed before you enter heaven. 
Verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery, mysterious, Greek word, we shall not all sleep, here's the mystery, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, sound familiar, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that's written, Death is swallowed up in victory. I want you to listen real close this morning, because I believe God has a message about the rapture of the church, the translation if you would, of God's believing children, the immortalization or the transformation of God's living and the resurrection of our beloved who already have died in Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 15 through 18, is possibly one of the most precious promises that the Lord has made about the rapture. Look, if you will, at 1 Thessalonians 15. For this I say by the word of the Lord, that's important, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up Underline those words, caught up, caught up. That's an English word, English word we use to caught up. The, the Latin word is raptura. Uh, the English word we have for the Latin word is rapture. Someone will say, well, there's no such word as the rapture in the Bible. Well, if you're reading a King James Version, you won't find rapture in the Bible. In the King James Version, there's no word for Trinity in the Bible. How that's shared with me. Well, you won't find Trinity in the Bible. However, Trinity is in the Bible, though the word is not used. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, God's word says this, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, now there's Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's one, and the love of God, that's two, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? You have all three together. That's Trinity. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. The, words Trinity's not, the word Trinity is not in there, but all through the Bible you have the Trinity implied. You have the essence of God, the three in one, the Trinity, though the word is not used in the Bible. So the word rapture is not used in the Bible. Never used in the Bible. That word rapture is not used. But there is a translation of this word in our passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, where, where the Apostle Paul says, There is a generation that will be living at the time of the Lord when he descends from heaven, and those who remain alive until the coming of the Lord will be caught up, the Greek word there is harpazo, harpazo. So if you're taking notes, what is the rapture or what is harpazo? What does that mean? 
The English word is rapture. Latin word is raptura. The Greek word is, uh, the English word translated uh, is to called up. But it comes from the English word rapture, which comes from the Latin word raptura. So what does caught up mean? What does rapture mean? It means to be taken away suddenly. It means to be kidnapped. In the King James Version, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17 uses the word caught up. So the point is, this generation that will be alive when the Lord comes will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So will will ever be with the Lord. Now Jerome, who translated the Latin Vulgate, translated raptura, uh, raptura or rapire, whatever, is the same English uh, Latin word that we have the English word for rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4.15, notice what he says there. He says, this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Now that's important. Paul is saying what I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing with you by the word of the Lord. Here's the point. The rapture or being called up, this is something that the Lord has revealed. That's very important. You won't find the word rapture in the Old Testament. You won't find caught up in the Old Testament. You won't find any emphasis toward God's people being caught up in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is filled from the beginning to the end with prophecies of the uh, coming Messiah. Prophecies about the coming Messiah. Almost the entire substance of the Old Testament prophecy was the glory of the Messianic kingdom and the exaltation and the wonder of the Messianic king. It was all about the second coming of the Lord, the Messianic kingdom. So from the start of the Old Testament scripture to the very last syllable, practically, it's all filled with prophecy concerning the Lord, the Savior, the Redeemer, and the triumphant king, the Messiah. The Old Testament prophecies never saw an interval. They never saw an interval between the two appearances of the Messiah. They just saw one. The Old Testament prophecies just saw the coming of the Messiah. Now, the Old Testament prophets only saw the great and wonderful vision of their coming king. That's all was prophesied about. That's all they were concerned about. They didn't see this thing about being caught up. They didn't see this thing about the rapture. However... The Lord made it known to us, to us, that that was going to happen. Now, the disciples, like the, uh, uh, the prophets, they were also like those prophets. Never, they never saw Jesus as the suffering Lamb of God. They never thought Jesus would come and die for the sins of the world. They never realized this long age, the church age, that we're in now. The disciples were not aware of that. The the prophets of old were not aware of this church age that we're in now that's going to end with the rapture of Jesus Christ. They were not aware of that. They never realized this long age. They never realized this age, the age of the Spirit, of the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. They never saw that. The prophets never saw that. The disciples were not aware of it. They were just, the disciples were just concerned about who would sit on the right hand and on the left hand when the Messiah came into the kingdom. That was all they cared about was the second coming of the Lord. 
who would assist the Messiah in leading Israel out from under bondage and the yoke of the Roman government and establish the kingdom forever. That was all they were concerned about. They were filled with victorious, glorious expectation of the reign of the Messiah and his kingdom. The prophets of old were concerned about that. The disciples were concerned about that. And they spent their time reflecting on the Old Testament Scripture. So the point is, there was a great parenthesis that the Old Testament never saw. The Old Testament prophets, they never saw it. They never saw the the church age. They never saw the the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul said it was hid in the counsels of God from the beginning of the world. Ephesians 3 verse 9. And so, what does the rapture, what does harpazo mean? It means being caught up one day at the end of this church age. Number two, if you're taking notes, you have the great mystery revealed. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and shall remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. This was a mystery. It's referred to as a mystery. Paul refers to it as a mystery there in 1 Corinthians. A mystery. So what's a mystery in the Bible? A mystery in the Bible is a secret known to God and just imparted and shared with those who it's affecting. So there was a mystery kept from the prophets of old. There was a mystery kept all the way up until Jesus shared the mystery. Paul said by the word of the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 14, he says, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.15, I'm sorry. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. So the Old Testament never hinted of the rapture, calling away of the church. No prophet ever saw it. No prophet ever prophesied, uh, prophesied it. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus spoke of the church. He had his disciples and he spoke to Peter and he said to Peter, Based on your faith. He said to Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus speaks of the church. Here's the point. That was the first time the world or the Bible had ever heard of the church. It was kept a mystery. It was kept a secret. He said, I will build my church. And then he told the disciples something else. He said, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be killed and I'm going to go away for a while. I'm going to be buried, but I'm going to rise again. And I'm going to go away for a while, but don't you worry. I'm going to send the Comforter to come to comfort you. And then in John uh, 14, verse 1, he says this to his disciples with that in mind. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm going away. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be, I'm going to be away for a while, but I'm sending the comfort. And so don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be disturbed. Don't let your heart be defeated. Don't let your heart be discouraged. Don't let your heart be in despair. He says you believe in God, verse 1, 
John 14, believe also in me. Verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. Here comes the secret. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. Here comes the secret. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There's the secret. And Paul is saying, we're sharing this with you because we've heard it from the Lord Himself that one day He's coming back for us. He's going to prepare a place, but one day He's coming back. Are you ready for that trip? We're at the last of the last days. I really believe that. So John 14, 1 through 3 was the great mystery, the mystery that God had kept in His heart until He revealed it to His disciples. So first, you watch the rapture, watch Harpazo, that's the catching away of the church. The mystery revealed, who revealed it? Jesus did, but not until he revealed it to his disciples in John 14, 1 through 3. Now, let's close with this. The stages of the rapture. You still with me? The stages of the rapture. First of all, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, Kalasama, the shout. It's not just a shout, it's a commanding shout. A commanding shout. The word actually refers to a general giving a command to his army, or a charioteur, a, a chariot driver, commanding his horses to go this way and that way. It was a commanding shout. And so the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. Think just a moment about the commanding decree of the sovereign Lord of the world, the universe of creation. He gives a shout. He gives a command. Arise, arise, arise. That type of shout. Remember when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth in John 11, verse 43. Some have suggested that he called Lazarus by name had he not, the entire dead of the entire world would have came forth from, from the graves to meet the Lord. So at the rapture, the Lord shouts a command, and the graves will be open, and they'll be emptied. What's interesting is the Greek word translated into English, the Greek word is ik, E-K. That's easy to remember and easy to spell, ik. Judah, Judah thinks she don't like something, it's ick. What she's saying, it's, it's a resurrection. We'll have to correct her on that word. She's speaking Greek and don't even know it. But that word, English, that Greek word ick is translated resurrection, which means resurrection out from among the dead. There's going to be a resurrection out from among the dead. Not everybody's coming up out of the grave. But the resurrection, the ek, out from among the dead. So when the Christians are resurrected, the Bible says it's a resurrection out from among the dead. That's the first resurrection. That's the one you want to be a part of. That's just for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a second resurrection coming. The final resurrection are for the unbelievers who are raised to be judged at the great white throne of God, who will be judged according to their works and cast into a devil's hell, Revelation 20, 10 through 15. You don't want to be a part of that resurrection. 
But those in the first resurrection will be raised out from among the dead. They will hear the call of God to come forth from the grave. Now here's a little side note, if you're taking notes. If the unbeliever doesn't hear the call of God in this life, the unbeliever will not hear the call of God when he calls the saints to come out of the grave to meet him in the air. Listen, if God's calling you today to be saved, whether you're here or whether you're viewing some other method, you need to trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and do not hesitate. So there will be a shout. The Lord will give this explicit command, and the graves will be open, and there will be the first resurrection. But third, there's a voice of the archangel. The Lord himself will descend. Second, there's going to be a shout. Then there's the voice of the archangel. Now, there's only one archangel in the Bible, and that's Michael. Michael the archangel, Daniel 10, 13, and verse 21, Revelation 12, verse 7. So the question is, why is there the voice of the archangel along with the shout of the Lord? You have the shout of the Lord and the voice of the archangel. Michael's voice is known as a voice of victory and triumph. My goodness, those graves burst forth, and then Michael, Michael shouts. Michael has a voice, the voice of the archangel, a voice of victory and a voice of triumph. Michael wars against Satan. Satan and his angels war against Michael. Ever since the Garden of Eden, Michael has been the defender of God's people and the protector of Israel. But on this day, there is a victory and a triumph over the grave for every believer. And they'll come forth. There's a kalusama, a shout from the Lord. Then there's a voice of victory and triumph from the archangel. But notice, and I'll close with this, there is a trumpet of God. All through the Bible, you'll find trumpets. They blew the trumpet when going around Jericho, Joshua 6, verse 20, and the walls came tumbling down. They blew a trumpet during the Jewish New Year, during the, during the Rosh Hashanah, during the Feast of the Blowing of the Trumpets, during Jubilee, every 50 years they would blow the trumpets. Look again, if you will, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, Paul's account. Look, if you will, at verse 50. And now this I say, brother, flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. At the last trumpet. Now I thought of that and was doing some studying on this last trumpet. And so Paul refers to this time of the last trumpet. There's a lot of interpretation in regards to the last trumpet, but I tend to agree with some biblical scholars who explain it this way. Let me share it with you. In the Roman army, while out in the field or while out on bivouac, there were three blastings of the trumpet. First of all, the trumpet first blast, the soldiers would stand to their feet any time during the day, any time, especially at night, the tents were pitched. Any time they heard that first blast, they'd get up at night, they'd strike the tent. That's the first blast of the trumpet. Strike your tent, take it down. 
The second blast of the trumpet would be standing ready to march. Line up with the rest of your battalion. Get ready to march. Second blast. Third blast is away they went. They began to march. And so what you have here, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel at the last trumpet. And God's people are ready to be taken up, and they go up to meet the Lord in the air. And the dead in Christ, number five, you take your notes, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Number six, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, shall be raptured, shall be snatched away, shall be harpazoed, shall be kidnapped. Any word you want to use, but there has to be a rapture. And we'll go up with those who were dead, who went up first. We will not precede them, and we'll go up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and there shall we be with the Lord. And so here's the point. The church is called the ecclesia, the called out, the ones called out. The church is a called out assembly of God. The church is, the, God has called us to salvation. God has called us to singing and rejoicing. And one day, God shall call us to himself and we'll be raptured up to be with the Lord forever. For You don't want to miss that trip. Now notice Paul closes in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, what words? Well, you can draw from that passage of Scripture with the words that, hey, we're going to live again one day. Comfort one another with those words. Or comfort one another is that we shall be together again one day. You'll know Mama and Daddy, if they trusted Jesus, you'd have friends and family members and neighbors have they, have they trusted Christ? If so, you'll be with them. You'll see them. High school classmates, you'll see them. Have they, if they've trusted Christ, comfort one another with these words. Death is temporary. Death is not long-lasting. We're not going to be in the grave. Our body won't be in the grave that long. So above all, comfort one another with these words. You're going to be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. That's what the Scripture says. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look, if you will, at verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Therefore, comfort one of these words. Look back up at 17. <clears throat> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's comforting. Comfort one another with those words. Now let me tell you something. In a crowd this size and those that are listening by other means, today God is calling someone to be saved. Someone to be saved. God's calling you to be saved. If you hear the voice of God, if you open your heart to His call, if you open your heart to His command to trust Him as your Lord and Savior, then you'll be saved. It meaning that you'll hear it again on that great day when He comes for His people, when He comes for His church. If you'll hearken to His call today, you'll hear His call on that day. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? Do you hear Him calling in your life today? Can you hear it? If you can, then respond to it. 
respond to it. Where are you going when you die? Where are you going? Well, the saved are going to a place prepared for us. We're going to heaven. We're going to glory. We're going to get ready for that marriage supper of the Lamb. But let me ask you this, where are you going? Where are you going? How could a person say no to Jesus? How could a person say no to Jesus and say, well, I just want to put this off? How could a person say, I don't want to be a part of anything that belongs to the church. I don't want to be a part of that kingdom of God. Really? How could a person say, I don't want Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. I don't, I, want to sh- I don't want to share in that kingdom. I'd rather fill a Christless grave and a Christless hell one day. How can you say that? I don't want to repent. I want to be an unrepentant unbeliever. I want to say no to Jesus. I want to say no to this church. Anything that's of God. I want to go out of this church today without Christ just like I came in. I want to go offline without Christ just like I came online without Christ. How can you say that? I'm going to tell you how you say that. That is Satan's perversion over your mind and over your heart. The Bible says it this way. John 10 verse 10. The thief, that's the devil, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, same verse, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You would have to be listening to the devil instead of listening to God to reject what he has for those that put their trust in him. So I plead with you today, open your heart to his voice. Open your heart to his invitation. Give your heart, give your life meaning give your all to Jesus Christ because we're at the last end of the last days and you don't want to be sitting around and miss that rapture, that catching away of the church. That's how it works.